And welcome back to episode 9 of the Orlando Solar Bears podcast. Jesse Liebman here alongside Solar Bears forwards Taylor Thompson and Hunter Fegis. Guys, uh, thanks for joining us here. It's a playoff edition of the podcast as we are already past round one and heading on to the South Division finals after a big weekend in Charleston. Uh, guys took all three games up at the North Charleston Coliseum over the South Carolina Stingrays to win the series four games to one. Uh, first things first, how are you guys feeling? Uh, body's a little beat up, but it's uh, it's nice that we were able to, uh, you know, finish the series in five games just to give ourselves a little bit of rest. Uh, it definitely gives us the advantage going into the next series, uh, considering that they played the best of six, so they had a few, uh, a few more days of work to do. And, um, you know, for us, I think the biggest thing was just to, you know, heal up our, our wounds. Uh, you know, it's never easy playing in the playoffs. You know, you take... You take shots to the ankles, shots to the, you know, anywhere on your body. And, you know, you just got to make sure, you know, you heal those and make sure, you know, you're not going to feel 100% by the second round, but you're going to you're gonna make sure you're feeling top-notch by that point. Honestly, I, I must not have been going to the right areas because I feel fine after that series. I thought it was a pretty... <laughs> pretty easy series not to like jab at South Carolina or anything but that was a pretty easy series I thought and maybe I just wasn't going to the corners or anything <laughs> <laughs> wasn't involved in the play well the two of you guys certainly were, were finding ways to, to get on the score sheet in, in the opening round especially up in Charleston I, I think three goals in the first round for you Tomer and then Fiji uh, Four goals since rejoining the team, including I, I still can't get over the double overtime, longest game in Solar Bears playoff history. And then you just, Michael Phelps it in, into the neutral zone uh, for the celebration. I mean, walk us, walk us through that. Um, honestly, I was, uh, uh, to go back a little bit to what Tomer said, he felt fine. But I think I, I, think I played more uh, in that double overtime game than I did, you know, past five months combined up in <laughs> up in the American Hockey League uh, but uh, it's uh, you know that was a hard game to come back to for my first game back I think uh you know, you know, any, everyone wants to be that, you know, that, that hero during overtime and uh, score that game-winning goal. And uh, I was just fortunate enough to, you know, see the play kind of unfold. I just got the puck, you know, on our set breakout, and and I just skated all the way down. I think it was a four-on-four four at that point, and um, you know, I saw Berkey one in the net. I couldn't really get him the puck, but uh, so I just shot on net. Was hoping for a rebound, and um, Berkey kind of took the defender, and so I was able to just kind of beat my beat my guy to the net, and uh, happy to bury that rebound. And as for that celebration, uh, yeah, I got a lot of texts and everything about that, and I think I just kind of blacked out, honestly. I, you know, I, I think at the at the time, I just thought, you know, what would be the coolest celebration that you could do in double overtime? And, and that's what came to mind. <laughs> that's eh? what came to my mind. Um, Honestly, that was a great goal, though. A great goal, maybe one of the worst sellies I've ever seen. Those are your thoughts about the celebration, huh? Oh, yeah. Great goal, though. That was really unreal goal. Well, was, what would you do for a double overtime winner? I don't know. That was tough to see. That. <laughs> I was so fired up, though. I didn't care. You, you just put me your and, Ber hands me on and Berkey looked at each other after. We're like, can we talk about that celebration for a second? Like, <laughs> unreal goal. We did admit that. It's unreal. But, oh, huge having Peach back, though. 
And then, of course, Orlando taking game four on uh, Friday night, Saturday, and just, you know, putting the, the nail in the coffin, so to speak, a 5-2 win over the Stingrays. Uh, two goals uh, for, for you in that game. You sealed it with the empty net goal. Tomer, you got things going uh, in the first period uh, with uh, to break a 0-0 tie. Uh, it really seemed that... After after that that double overtime victory last Wednesday, Orlando really was in the driver's seat after taking a two one series lead. Yeah, I think uh, yeah after that overtime win like that that's going to deflate a team big time. Like you know like, that was such a battle of a game. I think that like, was the right, point of the series right there. Hundred percent. Like you're so tired after that, you just deflated. And like once we got like the first period, I think it was scoreless. The next game. And I want to say yeah. once we we scored one, then we scored three that period, and we, I think we just kind of had a breather once we got that first goal. And yeah, after that, we were kind of on cruise control a little bit. I think everyone knew in the locker room, that, you know, going into that double overtime, we we couldn't lose that game. I think it was you know yeah. our backs were kind of a, I mean our not necessarily our backs up or against the wall, but we kind of knew that that was going to be the turning point of the series, and it was going to be exhausting. Uh, it was going to be kind of like an exhausting series from from that point on and and I don't know about you Tomer but I I felt pretty uh I felt pretty I was feeling the effects from that double overtime game in the next game as well no yeah, yeah it was a tiring tiring game My, the legs were tired but yeah like for as far as like getting banged up you know like even like the bumps and bruises like I don't know it was just a very like it didn't seem like a grind of a playoff series I think last I don't know in my opinion I think last year's uh series against South Carolina was a little bit more grueling than it was this year. Yeah, you're right. Well, keep yeah. in mind, last year you had two overtime games, both at home in, in that series victory last year, the four-game sweep. Yeah, but they also played way way tougher. Like, they finished way yeah. more hits, I yes. thought. Like, yeah. you know, uh, them uh, South Carolina not having, like, Joey Leach, their captain there, I mean, he might not be the most skill, uh, skilled individual or, like, you know, he's not going to be the one taking over games, but as a you know as a forward you you definitely you're aware of him being you, on the yeah, ice yeah you you're aware of him because he he throws you know you know cross checks at you yeah no slashes. free passes yeah. yeah especially going to the net it's it's not easy a young blue line for for South Carolina with the absence of Leach and then you know after after the series wrapped up in, in game five we had the the post ceremonial post post-series handshakes uh you know one guy that we noticed uh Patrick Gall I think he announced after the game that that was it seven years uh all with the Stingrays but hanging him up I'm pretty sure Gall's a guy that's almost universally respected throughout the league for for what he means or he meant to to that organization uh I mean what can you guys say about him playing against him probably I would say Orlando played the Stingrays in the last two years a combined 20 times in the regular season probably saw quite a lot of him yeah, he's a he's a hard-working centerman. He's skilled, you know. If you're in anywhere for like you know seven years, I think you said like that uh, goes to show a lot about the person you are to stay in uh, on one team, like, especially in the East Coast. Like, there's a ton of movement throughout this league, and stay in one team for seven years—that's pretty impressive. I think he's kind of like Tomer in a sense. You know, you you know what you're gonna get from the guy. He's reliable and just the best. You know, <laughs> you can't get much more. <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, the one thing that really stood out to me after all the handshakes were done, 
there was probably a good 20 to 30 Solar Bears fans right at the locker room tunnel to greet you guys as you were heading down uh, off the ice. I, I can't remember the last time I saw that many Solar Bears fans make it up to Charleston, of all places, uh, for, for a game. But lo and behold, I mean, they were they were there. They were rowdy. They were pounding on the glass. I mean, wh what did that do to fire you guys up? I loved it. I mean, uh, just our our fan support here is is unbelievable. I mean, especially you know the amount of fans that we get to the Amway, and I'm excited to see what it's going to be like for this round uh, of playoffs at home. But just for them to make that that trip out there, it means a lot for us. You know, and I mean, it's not. I mean, you can't really hear them all that all that much when you're out um, on a visiting team um, like playoff game. But I mean, just seeing them as we're coming off for a victory, it means a lot. I would oh, say. Yeah. Love seeing the, the old Solar Bear faithful out there. I uh, I like just like you know getting them rowdy when you come off the ice. Like just shake them a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, let the let the fans know we appreciate them. It's it's nice to see them out there. Well, it takes four rounds to to go all the way and lift that cup. So twenty five percent of the way there with uh, the four games to one series victory over South Carolina. Now comes the Everblades. Before we get into that, though, I gotta I gotta ask you guys because clearly this is not really the ideal playoff beard. Feed, you've got an impressive beard going on. Tomer, you as well. Uh, what pretty mediocre at best, there, Tomer. Yeah, you don't have to you don't have to lie to the viewers, Jesse. This is not a great beard. <laughs> it's it's more of an improvement over what I'm rocking right now. So I mean, what is honestly your guys' secret? Because this is the first time I've attempted to. Whatever this, whatever we want to call this. Hey, I respect the effort. Spenny, actually, fun story about playoff beards. Matthew Spencer, he shaved his beard before the last game there. No. And, wait, wait, last and, game of the regular season? Or? No, 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 no. The last game in Charleston. And he got high sticked in the eye. Mm. I honestly believe that karma. is karma for you don't shave your playoff beer mid. What? Were you, what is he thinking? Honestly, that's a. I was very disappointed. I was. Me and Monfredo were both giving it to him pretty hard, and after the game, we told him, like, buddy. Karma. Like, that is karma. Like, I'm sorry about your eye, but we're not mad. We're just disappointed. That's yes, all. You know exactly. But now, hey, that's a, that's a learning curve for anyone listening. You never shave your beard in the playoffs. So, but what's your secret, though? Because this is impressive. Well, you know, I, I listened to Monfredo's, I think, interview. Um, oh, I think it was about a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. It was just, you know, you got to start it before anyone else uh, has a chance to start theirs. So, um, but the real story is, actually, I um, when I was up in Manitoba, we would go on like a two or three week road trip and then come back home for two two weeks or whatever and so when I was on a road trip I just I never I never shaved it and then um and then I was like oh well maybe I'll keep it going I met this barber in town and so he would like trim it up for me and and then uh I was like maybe I'll just my sister my sister convinced me to keep it going too and then by that time it was playoffs that rolled around and I was like well now I can't shave it so you know it's been it's been about two two plus Two plus months, I think now. Off to a good start, though. Yeah, looks good. Looks good. I knew the boys were going to be in playoffs here, so I uh, I decided to start early. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Mat matches uh, your hair too. Like mine, I got a ready tinge to it, and like I have yeah. dark dark eyebrows. Like my hair is obviously black too, and like so I'm going to just for a minute jet jet black next week or two here. Just to give it a little uh, extra flair, you know what I mean? It's just. Do you want me to outline it with permanent marker too, or? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> well, so now we we have the chance to, or well, 
But so anything in terms of proper beard maintenance or, or care, what what can you recommend, if anything? Well, I wouldn't say I'm an expert by any means. Uh, maybe just find a good barber, and then uh, usually those guys can, um, you know, they have the tools to trim it up for you and just, you know, make sure it looks it nice looks professional, yeah. I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm told you have to wash it thoroughly every day because you start to get the oils built up on your face, leading to the, the zappers and, you know, Mongo claims he has bad... Uh, Bad zappers in the neck, on the neck mm, beard. I think that just that's just him being him, you know. I, I don't. I don't think that's. <laughs> I don't think that's everyone. <laughs> uh, Manfredo and I were we're kind of in a heated battle a little bit about whose playoff beard is better. I think uh, his or yours. Yeah. Who is the best on the team though? Right now. Right now. I, that's tough. I think it might honestly, be, it might be Feige. Who else is really well? Just everyone. Everyone. Fredo. Shaved. Yeah, Fredo too, but. This is a little thin right in, in here. In, it thins out right at the cheeks a little bit. Yeah. I want to I wanna shave mine, but I just can't. You it's know? so itchy. Yeah. It's so itchy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone else is really... Donnie, Donnie will be able to, once he has his uh, coming in hot and heavy, he, uh, he grows good facial hair. Mm. Berkey has a good one. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> a few straggler hairs. So who, who can we? Who can we? We obviously disqualify Matthew Spencer for for shaving mid series. So, but who is the worst on the team right now? Frizy or Colby for sure. I think it they might don't grow much. I think it might. Yeah, I think it might be Frizy. Because they both like have yeah. a couple hairs. Yeah, like, it's like they like got couple hairs. No, you almost not, might as well just pluck those. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> is that by, is that by design or is it just simply an inability for them to grow no, facial yeah, hair? No, yeah, just uh, unfortunate uh, lemony snicket series of unfortunate events. Follically yeah. challenged. Yes, exactly. All right, so the Solar Bears now advancing to the South Division Finals, and for the second straight year, rather actually the third, Orlando was going to play the the Everblades in a postseason series, but for the second straight year in the second round. Uh, last year falling five games or four games to one. Uh, but now, of course, new season, new playoffs, slate starts clean and 0-0. What has you guys positive heading into into the second round? Um, well, throughout the regular season, we did fairly well against them. We've won in their barn, won in our barn against them. Like we know we can beat these guys. So yeah, but you can't. We I, I don't know. I think a big thing for us is we can't take them lightly because I mean, yeah, during the regular season we had a good re- uh, good record against them. But they also have the return of John McCarran from the AHL. They also have uh, Justin Auger who is out with a concussion for quite like a few months after taking a puck to the head. Uh, the others. I mean, there's also a couple other guys that they were missing too. So yeah, it is a new season, but that, uh, still in the back of your mind though a little bit. We know we can beat them. Is what I'm saying. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not. It's, it'd be different going, you know, 0 and 5 in their barn compared to get sneaking in a couple of wins, like splitting the series with them or whatever. You know what I mean? I think it should be a little bit motivating too as well for the guys returning this year. Just, I mean, we had a, a good year last year, and to go four game uh, losing the seven game series to them last year four games to one i mean uh i think i think for me that that one hurt i mean you you hate losing to those guys and 
and you know I think it's a little bit of fire in our bellies to have a little bit of revenge against them this year. Well, for the roster, the Solar Bears have four guys that returned: you, the two of you, and then of course Mike Monfredo and Chris LeBlanc. So a pretty solid leadership group and core there uh, that is very familiar with the roster from for the Everblades from this season and also the the history of seasons past. Um, but I mean, what what can we expect with the the series opening up at Hertz Arena this weekend, Friday and Saturday? Uh, down in Estero, what are those two games going to really be like for you guys? Uh, it's not going to be an easy couple games. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot harder, a lot more physical than the South Carolina series. Um, they tend to have a bigger, bigger team, um, heavier guys, and they they play hard. And but so do we. So we just got to stick to our game plan, I think, and go in there, play solely bear hockey, and you know, obviously. Uh, the goal is to go 2-0, and but, uh, you know, that doesn't always happen. We could hopefully come back with the series split. That That's good, too. I think uh, I think we have a lot of – I think we have a really good team right now. Uh, I think a lot of guys – a lot of guys came from, you know, the AHL as well and guys that are also returning from last year's team. I think that, that was, like, the core group and um, – I think our biggest thing is our speed. I mean, I, I'm sure everyone's stressed, like Drake's stressed that the whole year or whatever, but I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree with them. I think our team has a lot of speed and we have a lot of skill as well. And I think I, um, we have some big bodies too that could bang. And our third, you know, every line, if we, if every line will commit to, you know, just doing the little things, blocking shots, finishing every check, I think. Um, I think we can go in there and, and, you know, put those guys on their heels. I mean, they, they put us on our heels last year, um, but I think, I, think we're, I think we're better and more improved than what we were last year. Oh, yeah, I agree for sure. Um, I don't think, well, I don't, we're I don't, a well, well-rounded team. Like, not to get too high up on ourselves, but we've we got a good squad here. So mm-hmm. There's a lot of depth. I mean, when Alex Shaneborn is your 10th your forwarder in the case of, I think, Game 5, he, he was out of the lineup. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. says a lot to the team's depth because Chewie's a, a pretty talented player in his own right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Chewie, you could slot that guy in anywhere in the lineup. Uh, first first forward, like first line forward, uh, you know, 10th forward, he's going to – he's very versatile and – yeah, like like you said, that that just uh, speaks to the depth uh, of our team that we have right now. But I think I think the biggest thing for us is like we're also such a close knit group, and I think everyone on this team is willing to fight for one another just because, um, just because we hang out all the time together. I feel like I mean whether it be like at the rink or you know going golfing or just on road trips and whatnot. I think I think everyone knows each other pretty well, and and I think that'll go a long ways, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, you've got guys that have been brought in. Hunter, you yourself returning from the American Hockey League. Otto Sampi, Matthew Spencer, Yanni Tamla being reassigned uh, thanks to the Tampa Bay Lightning from the Syracuse Crunch. Uh, and then also uh, Alexei Lipinov joining the team late in the regular season. 19 years old. 19 years old and he's playing pro hockey. Uh, and doesn't look a step out of place, really. He hasn't played much here in this opening round. Uh, I think Drake's sticking with the lineup that's been getting the wins lately. But... Uh, I mean, what's that like? You, you've got a 19-year-old playing on, on your roster. Yeah, he's definitely uh, wiser than his years. He, you forget sometimes he's only 19 years old. Um, he's a pretty talented hockey player. You can see on the ice uh, the plays he's made, and um, I think he's got a pretty bright future ahead of him. 
What have you seen practice out of him? Uh, practice, I mean, I, I would agree he's very skilled. He's smooth out there. And... Uh, I'm I'm excited. I mean, I haven't seen him in a game, but I'm excited to see uh, when he gets a chance what he's what he's able to do. Uh, you know, we're talking about playoffs right now. The Stanley Cup playoffs going on. I think a lot of people probably stunned, shocked would be appropriate words with the Tampa Bay Lightning after the regular season that they had, 62 wins, tying an NHL record, getting knocked out uh, in the first round to the Columbus Blue Jackets, a team that hasn't typically garnered a, a lot of uh, respect uh, in postseason circles. Uh, that's their first ever postseason series win, uh, and Columbus heading on to the second round. The New York Islanders. Knocking out the the Pittsburgh Penguins as well. Uh, I mean, what have you guys seen out of the Stanley Cup playoffs that's really turning some heads? I think, honestly, I'm pretty I'm pretty shocked with just everything at every level with with playoffs right now. I mean, you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning there. Uh, they got kicked for you know they lost all four straight, and then you look at the Penguins. They lost all four straight. You know, um, they, they both had unbelievable records during the regular season. Um, you look at, you know, you go to the American Hockey League, you look at, like, Syracuse, they, uh, and I think Charlotte as well. They were they were one of the top two teams in, in the American Hockey League, and they're down oh, uh, two games to nothing right now. And it just goes to show that when, it, when you make the playoffs, anything can happen. You know, like, I think for the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think they were honestly – maybe a little nervous to play I mean I would I would have probably been a little nervous to play the Columbus Blue Jackets as well with you know what they did at the deadline I mean they weren't necessarily slotted at a playoff spot come um come the trade deadline but with all those accusations they got like they had they had to fight and claw for their playoff spot but once you get in I mean it's it's a fair game it's you know the the their record zero zero and then they you just go from there I mean I think, yeah, gosh, what is it? I think maybe around 2010, 2011 or something like that when the L.A. Kings used to be really good. Like, I mean, they they, they got in. I think they were the they 16th. Were the, they were the eighth seed, and they swept yeah. uh, Vancouver in the first round yeah. on their way to winning the Cup. Yeah, I think they, they – I, I don't think anyone expected them to win it that year. You know, it just – a little yeah. fun fact there, I took L.A. Kings in my draft, loaded up with the entire team, and they won the Cup. A lot of cash money my way, you know, it's – I'm a sports guy. <laughs> but that's what I love about hockey, though. Like, any team can beat any team. It's not Golden State that's going to go to the finals every year. Like, it's like Tampa Bay just set a, yeah, like they set a single season record, tied the single season record, and they're out in the first round four games. Like, it's un, unreal. Well, I think that speaks to the, the parody that you have in the NHL and even down in the ECHL. We were talking just how much of a, on the ride over here, just how much of a, a grudge match the the entire division is for for the regular season and from from opening night to the end of the season nothing is nothing is guaranteed nothing is certain and every game meaningful at least in the south division in the ECHL where you could have had any one of the the seven teams jockeying for for a playoff spot down the stretch Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, was it, yeah. Atlanta, South Carolina came down to the last two games of the season. Last game of the season. Yeah, last game of the season, and like we could have been playing three different teams, wasn't it? Like Jacksonville, South Carolina, or Atlanta. Like, and it was, yeah, it, it's crazy. And like Atlanta beat us. I think uh, was it our last meeting we played them. Like, I want to say the last road game they they the, got the win. Yeah, but then, then they but came then we here won. And then, like you know, like anyone can beat anyone on any given night if you don't show up, right? So. 
it's uh, yeah, it speaks a lot to the the competitiveness of uh, the league. But you look at, uh, I I don't know I, when I looked at the Tampa Bay Lightning, they have not faced any adversity like their whole their whole season. Like what they so? lost like 15 games, and like or like uh, like 15. I don't know the exact number, but I mean, like to play a team for you know potentially seven straight games like you're gonna have to face some highs and lows and like each and every day that other team is gonna be watching video they're gonna be like watching how their goalies uh look on tape like where to shoot anything uh, how to give them an advantage. yeah how, yeah anything to give them an advantage and like i think i think that kind of comes down to their core like their core players uh not making the adjustments not making sure their team was prepared each and every day i think um you know you look at uh um i don't i don't i don't know i just i i think it's i I mean i think it's i think it's tough like i mean being yeah like i i look at when i was you know getting recruited for college and you look at um i remember I'm a 94 birth year. I remember there's this guy named Ian Spencer. The first, he was the first kid ever to commit to a college when he was 14 years old. So ninth, he was like ninth grade in high school. I think you, you know, you see so much success. And then, you know, by the time, by the time the season's over, like by the time you're about to go to college, like that kid never made it to division one. He never, he was supposed to be the most sought after prospect. And, and, you know, I think he got so high on himself that, you know, there's so many distractions and so many other things. I think that um, I think that kind of happened with the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. Can you speak from any personal experience on any teams that you might have played for in the past where a similar you know, scenario played out where where you had a team, the team you played for experienced a pretty significant upset? Um, not 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 personally. I don't I don't. I don't. I don't know. No, I not personally in my in my career so far. What about you, Tomer? I haven't had any upsets, but uh, my last two years of junior, we uh, we won the league, and then the, my last year, we won the national championship. And when you win, like, oh man, it's the greatest feeling. It's like, I don't know. It'd be like having a drug addiction. You just want to win and win and win and win and win. Like once you win once, it's the greatest feeling of all time. And I'm like. I think come playoff time, when you have guys who win, like I know I talked with Holtz, like he's won, um, a couple yeah. other guys have won in like in juniors, and like they like they say it's like they, everyone says it's the best feeling, and like when you come back to playoffs and you have guys who know how to win and like guys who are hungry to win, like just because you won, haven't won before, like doesn't mean you're not gonna win, you know what I mean? Right. But it is hard to win, and you got to be hungry to win and know how to win, and I I don't know, it just a uh, just speaking on, on just like on winning it well I think it's unreal I mean you look at uh the Tampa Bay's roster I don't think they had anyone that's really won the cup on on their team I mean I, I don't know if you can think of anyone that's won the cup but they don't really have that that experience how hard it takes to make it and to to win the Stanley Cup I mean you look at why Pittsburgh is obviously they they lost four games to nothing this 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 year but I mean you look at years past but 
they've uh, they fought through so much adversity. But I think it's, it comes down to their core group of players, and they were able to share it to their younger players because obviously they're not going to have the same the same team every single year. And I think that was a big thing uh, why they've had so much success every year. Yeah, that's a good point. Your older guys like Sidney Crosby, like Evgeny Malkin, those guys have all known to one Latang, like. And then you have, like, your younger guys like Gensel and, like, when they had Shiri there that one year when they won, like, those guys were hungry to win. And they also had those guys who already won showing them how to do it but you look at like phil like phil kessel when he can't when he came over from toronto like he's never won a stanley cup before like he has so much skill just like the tampa Bay lightning have but those group those core group of players like crosby malkin and Latang and uh flurry and at the uh, at that time they they brought him in and like they I mean, I'm I'm sure they showed him the ropes as well. I mean, or like just kind of told him like how how this is gonna this is gonna be. This is how hard it's gonna be. Like, um, I don't think you ever understand it until you actually go through it. I would love to see Orlandi if we won the Kelly Cup. Oh, I would hope it'd be bumping. I have to imagine it would. You probably would never have to buy another drink uh, in this city for as long as you live. <laughs> Couple of barley sandwiches, my way. Well, I mean, you're talking Gringo's about tacos right. for everybody. <laughs> you're talking about Pittsburgh and and their experience and them knowing what to win. But of course, they get swept out by by the Islanders, who have had an impressive regular season in their own right. I mean, you think uh, you think Jim Rutherford and the the brass in Pittsburgh starts to blow up that roster for the Penguins, or they keep everything as is? Tough to say. Like, you think about how how long the NHL season is. Like, what, 80, 82 games. Eighty two. Eighty two games is a lot of hockey games, man. Like. And then going into playoffs too, like those guys have gone deep into the playoffs for a lot of years now. I think honestly, I think they just got tired. Like you can't keep playing that many hockey games for that long. Well, did you see the that uh, that exit interview with Sidney Crosby? No, like no. what he, what he said. He was like, um, they asked him if he was going to go play in that World Championships over over in Europe or whatever, and he was just like. He's like, no, uh, you know, at my age, I, you know, I've played a lot of hockey and and with very little rest. And you know, I think at, at my age, I got to focus on recovering and taking care of my body. And I think that'll go a long ways, especially for next season as oh, well. Oh, for sure, man, absolutely. Because they're playing, they're playing at least till middle of May at end of June, almost every single year. And yeah, then, and it, you start in like start in October, man, like. Preseasons pre in September. Yeah, preseasons in like September, and you're that's a long, long season, man. Oh, I can't even fathom it. Yeah, like I, I think I only got in 50 games this year, and like, got you know you get bumps and bruises along the way, and like some guys play 70 to 80 games, like they they play the whole time. You know what I mean? Like they get a couple games they miss, like from injuries, but like that's a lot of games. We play 72 down here, and they play 82 up there. That's 10 more games. Yeah. Like for me. For me, I I, I tell people this all the time. I think, I think for a professional hockey player, it is so. The months of like March, or like end of February to in March. March might be the hardest month. The dog ever. days, yeah. It's there's because, a, there's that stretch, yeah. Because like I think for me, like you know, you start you start the hockey season. Like October, what? It was like October seventh or something down here. I think that was the yeah. first preseason game. Yeah. So you you start October seventh, and 
you know, like for me, I try to break it up, you know, things to like look forward to. So obviously we don't get a break for Thanksgiving, but you kind of like look forward to Thanksgiving. Okay. Like it's just one of those holidays. And then after Thanksgiving, then you look forward to Christmas and then Christmas, then you got all-star break and you get a little bit of break there as well. And then after all-star break, you don't get anything till, you know, the end of the season. So, I mean, uh, you know, there's just that long window there and, you know, you play at least 30 some games throughout that window and you're like holy cow like yeah it is the dog days that stretch (laughs) a little bit between march and february and it kind of overlaps it's uh those are there's some uh tough days but it's hockey though we love it yeah that's why we do what we do well i mean we talked a lot about what's going on in the eastern conference with the stanley cup anything out west that's kind of shocking you guys a little surprised with uh the Winnipeg Jets, honestly, I think uh, I think this was gonna. They thought it was gonna be their year, ex- especially after the the season that they had um, last year. And um, I'm I'm a little I'm a little shocked with with them as well. Yeah, um, they have a they have an electric fan base too. You oh, went to, you went to a playoff game there, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I went to their uh, their first playoff game at home. It was it was electric. You know, yeah. they have the big whiteout party outside, and and people are. You know, I went to the game and I sat uh, by a couple a couple fans and they're a year younger than I was and they're like, yeah, everyone looks forward to these games here like all year. Like they look forward to the whiteout parties. Like this is what we live for here yeah, in I Winnipeg didn't. and there wasn't one empty seat there and everyone everyone chants go Jets go or like during the national anthem they'll just they'll scream out True North like during their anthem and um, you know being down. As a as a player, I mean that's as a you know that's a little bit intimidating, I think. Well, I mean, walk us through. I mean, you're you're an American, you're from Alaska, and you're playing for a Canadian team. The Manitoba Moose plays in the same building as its NHL affiliate. I mean, what what's that experience like? Uh, it was unbelievable, honestly. Um, first class organization, um, you know, from their American Hockey League up to up to the to the NHL, they treat you so well. Um, you know they have they have so much so many different staff members whether it be um, equipment guys um, um, you know medical guys uh, you know co- uh, so many different coaches whether it be you know assistants head coach uh, goalie coach skill and development people and um, I mean there's there's no reason why as a player you shouldn't keep getting better and better each and every each and every time you go on the ice or each and every week and and you guys fly everywhere though too with with the moose because you're so far yeah. out on an island uh, what what's that like playing in the american league but having to fly from every city to every city i think it might uh i some of the guys up there we were talking and it, it, that might be the toughest division to play in and especially one of the toughest places to be. be you got like, Iowa, Grand Rapids, Chicago, yeah. I mean, all heavy heavyweights in the A- AHL. Yeah, and like those teams are, it's it's like playing in the NCHC for college hockey. Like there, you don't get a night off, and there's no there's no easy games. And I think for us uh, being in Winnipeg, there's no close team, so we're constantly you know traveling around. Like we'll go on two and a half week road trips where you know you're living out of a suitcase for that time and it's it's honestly grueling at uh, at some point but you know when you get home it's nice to have that two weeks two and a half weeks uh, at home and it's that uh so I think at, at when, when I was up there we took a little bit of or we took a lot of pride in being good at home because um those games are definitely a, a little bit easier than being on the road 
And as far as, you know, back to Stanley Cup, we talked about St. Louis, the upset with, with Winnipeg. Uh, Dallas moving on with an overtime win over Nashville last night. Uh, Colorado kind of upsetting uh, Calgary a little bit there. I think uh, with the season that Calgary had, a lot of people expected the Flames to move on. But uh, Nathan McKinnon and the rest of the Avs uh, had some other ideas, it looks like. Yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, you look at – you look at uh, like McKinnon and and you know some of their core group of guys there in uh, Colorado. I think they they've already been to the playoffs. They know like what, what I was stressing before. They know what it takes. And um, you know Calgary's never they haven't been to the playoffs in quite some time. And so I think um, I don't know. I don't think uh, their core their core group of guys uh, their younger uh, firepower really knew exactly what it what it what it took and I think they were kind of caught on um caught off guard a little bit by just how much pressure you know the Colorado Avalanche put on them each and every night I, th- I think McKinnon is nasty I, I that snipe he had on and, Smith yeah. in the at one point in the series yeah. okay. Troy Burke oh. Troy Burke tried telling me he would rather have Seth Jones to build his team around for the playoffs over Nathan McKinnon he went 0-8. Everyone agreed it's McKinnon, hands down. This guy should never be a GM of any hockey team. <laughs> Not even a fantasy team. This great player. That's some pretty heavy trash talk there. No, yeah. I, 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 I would have to agree with him. You know, I've seen his uh, fantasy football uh, G, GM in skills, and it's, it's not impressive. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going golfing with Berkey today, and I'm, I'm going to throw a heavy wager on the, on the line. He, he's, he's not a good athlete. He's what? just not a, he is what? a great hockey player, but uh, away from, whoa, whoa, away whoa, from whoa. hockey, Troy Burke is not an athlete. <laughs> and he, he's competitive, so he thinks he can win. You were just but trying to can. stir the pot here. No. no is, is that, is a, is that a, a smart thing to be doing come playoff time? Facts. Oh, yeah. you got to face some adversity, Berkey, and we're, we're coming at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get him on for a rebuttal at some point uh, over these next few weeks. Yeah, it's, actually, it's actually hilarious, though. I mean, I honestly, I, I see where he's coming from, though, with, you know, t- taking Seth Jones over McKinnon. But Seth I'm, Jones but is nasty. He's, he's nasty, but... Nathan McKinnon, like, come on. But at the same time, you know, I don't think I could pass up Nathan McKinnon because he was on my uh, ultimate Frisbee team at Shattuck. I went to school with him for uh, two years there. And um, I bonded bonded, they, I bonded quite a bit with the guy. I threw him a few Frisbees. And <laughs> <laughs> he was actually my uh, my next uh, – he, he lived two doors down from me when I was in the dorms. Oh, yeah? Shattuck, yeah. A good guy? Yeah, good guy. There you go, a little personal yeah. stake in there. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, so – Gonna have to side with uh, with you on this one yes, here. Your buddy Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> final final thought rounding out the the Western Conference uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. We've got a game seven: Vegas Golden Knights, San Jose Sharks. Thomas Hurdle with a shorthanded double overtime beauty of a goal the other night uh, against Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, that series that's uh, shaping up to be quite the series out west. Didn't they meet in the first round last year too, Vegas and San Jose? So did so did Boston and uh, Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, I bet all my. Uh, see, I, see, I shouldn't be a GM. I, I bet all my. Uh, I loaded up with Toronto last year. I thought they might be a, a sneaker like my LA pick a few years ago, but uh, the Bruins just 
had other plans. But I, I would like to see uh, Toronto get by in that uh, series. I think they got a good, good, uh, good team, and it's kind of electric around uh, Leafs Nation. Is just ridiculous. Everyone, if the Leafs lose, there'll be riots. I bet jerseys burned. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would have to agree with you there. But I think going back to what you said, I think uh, I think San Jose. I think this is their year. I mean, if they want to do, if they want to do, make a far push, this is this is the team that they need to they need to go with. And I think they kind of, I think they're realizing that uh, this might be Joe, one of Joe Thornton's last years. So, I I, I don't know how much longer he's going to be around, but man, he's he's the catalyst for that team there. I think he kind of pushes. Uh, he's like that father figure in the room, you know. Yeah, it's hard not to root for Jumbo Joe. Yeah, that guy's a legend. But at the same time, I mean. How can you root against Marc Andre Fleury? You know, honestly, man, he he was the reason I started cheering for Pittsburgh when he came in the league with those yellow pads. Oh, oh they're, yeah, they're yeah. hot, real hot, bright yellow. Yeah, and then uh, he's nasty goalie, man. Like, it's hard not to go with Murray after like he's a young guy in Pittsburgh, and but Fleury's obviously he's a stud too. You have to wonder whether there's a little bit of buyer's remorse there in Pittsburgh now, seeing Flurry, you know, make that run to the finals last year. And I was then... so happy. I, I was wishing they would have won, man. I, I just, oh, I would love to see him lift the cup. He would have got the con smite too, for sure. I was nasty in the playoffs last year. Who, uh, where are they playing tonight? Where? Is it? Game seven for the Knights is going to be in San Jose. They, in San Jose. They were talking, and that's on the other side of the coin. You had Martin Jones. Everyone was saying, "Oh, Martin Jones. He has never won in, in Vegas, and you know it's going to be curtains for San Jose. They're going to get knocked out." And then, lo and behold, he ends up you know making some pretty key stops and forcing a game seven back on home ice. So, I mean, kudos to him. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I think uh, I think that that's huge for them being being at home for that that game seven but at the same time I mean I don't even know I don't even know who to pick it's such a high high scoring series I mean they have so much firepower on both sides I I think it's gonna be a real fun game to watch yeah I I honestly don't know who would who I'd go with either you could just play rock paper scissors and try and guess I mean better chance I'm not really much of an analytics guy but I mean that's what hockey is nowadays I mean you look at uh I, I hate to go back to the other series, but you look at St. Louis and that Winnipeg series. I, uh, somebody's told me a stat that w- uh, St. Louis is first in both categories when it comes to generating shots in the slot and the least amount of shots in the slot. Hmm. So, I mean, that could be another reason why they won as well. Yeah, stats are our stats. They don't lie. Yeah, it's, it's like Moneyball. Yes. <laughs> Billy Bean. I mean, Drake, obviously, he's a very uh, forward-thinking coach. I mean, how how useful are, are some of the stats that, that he's able to provide you guys in terms of making decisions and evaluating team performance? I think, I think for us, um, I think it's huge. I mean... But at the same time, I mean, you look at you look at all the stats, and you, I mean, you can read into it as much as possible. But I mean, it kind of comes down to all of us on the ice, and and you know, if we if we don't do what we do as do best, I mean, none of that none of that stuff matters. I think it. Um, um, I think for I don't know I I think I think we just basically had uh, kind of have to find it in ourselves yeah like you said you can look into it as much as you want like stats are great but if you're not going to execute yeah 
None of it. None of it matters. I, I tried not to look in, uh, into all the stats and all the accolades of other teams and stuff like that. Just I just try to focus on on my, on myself and making sure like I can help the team and and I think that's uh, it goes for everyone else on the team. I don't want to speak for them, but I mean I'm sure I'm sure they they think the same way. Well, you know, it, it's we've been talking for for quite a bit. Uh, probably went on a little bit longer than we probably anticipated. Uh, we'll we'll keep it light though. We'll wrap it up because obviously some non hockey news. The big news out of the weekend uh, here in Orlando was uh, it looks like someone had an interesting Easter. Uh, there was a little bit of a scuffle involving an Easter Bunny downtown, and uh, apparently you were witness to it. Yes, uh, we did see that uh, the Easter Bunny. We, we seen it the next morning on uh, I think it was bar down, just downtown watch bar, or bar getting sports. gringos or what. Just some uh, tacos? No, we were watching the Magic game, and that was it. You know, just go for a bite and a couple <laughs> barley sandwiches, maybe. But, uh, yeah, we just seen uh, we seen that guy. He was being hilarious all night, man, this guy. He was just, like, jumping around in his suit and then <laughs> stood up for that lady who got in a scrap with the homeless man, I believe it was. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> what, uh, a, you know, he made some funny moves out there or what? Uh, caught your eye? Yeah, he, he reminded me of a younger version of me. You know, <laughs> quick jabs, and yeah, duck qu- and roll. And oh yeah, you were good. <laughs> you were like the old Rocky, huh? Yes. <laughs> um, well, it, he made some funny moves, but don't, I hear you—you you got some funny moves when it comes to you know what is it, uh, pterodactyl or something or? Ah, uh, yeah, that's t- not, that's strictly for the locker room though. We we, we won't touch on this on the podcast. Uh, well, is it like you know a little like? <laughs> yeah. well, Can we see we'll, a little glimpse of it? No, no, no. We'll uh, maybe next episode if I, if I'm back on again. Maybe I'll uh, bring it out. Yeah, we'll right. have to get you and Troy Burke on at the same time, so he you can uh, you know tell him to his face that you don't think he's a great athlete. <laughs> oh, I'll tell that to his face. Troy Burke, you are a terrible athlete. And GM. And GM. And he's also pretty bad at Crazy Eights as well. So, Oh, yeah, he got rinsed for cards on the bus this week, too. We were in <laughs> South Carolina. We were playing schnarps. And he – I don't want to speculate how, many, how much money he lost, but he, he was not in the money, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, then. Well – no time like the present to uh, to wrap this one up. Uh, we're going to be hopping into the postseason. Solar Bears, a little Easter shout out there. Uh, head down to Estero to take on the Florida Everblades games one and two of the South Division Finals uh, this weekend uh, to open up the second round of the Kelly Cup playoffs. Solar Bears back at the Amway Center uh, for game three, April 30th. Game four will be... May the 2nd, and if necessary, Game 5 on May the 3rd. It's going to be a fun one, guys, as the Solar Bears take on the Everblades. Uh, best of luck in the second round. Yep, thanks, Jess. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. And that will do it here. Episode 9, playoff edition of the Orlando Solar Bears podcast. Uh, make sure you get your tickets for the second round. Visit the Amway Center box office or Ticketmaster.com.